Emma and Tom Talk Teaching, a podcast about all things education, presented by Emma Thayer and Tom Breeze. Episode 8, A Culture of Inquiry, with Dr Jane Snook. Welcome back everyone, here we are for another episode of Emma and Tom Talk Teaching and we have a brand shiny new uh, guest today, Dr James Snook, welcome to our humble podcast. James, do you want to just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do here at Cardiff Met and we're talking about inquiry today, so you know why that's your sort of particular area of interest? Absolutely. So um, in terms of thinking about my, my background, so I came from a, a school background as a science teacher and sort of segued across to, th- to support professional learning of teachers at Cardiff University on the Masters in Educational Practice. So I work with teachers across Wales to sort of embed uh, inquiry processes within their sort of professional learning and development. Uh, and that really sort of ignited my passion for sort of like thinking about teacher inquiry, um, sort of where my area of research is. Um, and having worked uh, at Cardiff University, uh, university for seven years I, I sort of went to lead on the professional learning programs in in Plymouth Marjon and then I've come to Cardiff Met to to work on the PGC but also the the National Masters yeah and, and the NPEP programs so again supporting professional learning of uh, early career teachers uh, and initial teachers as well. Thank you very much and a warm welcome to you. Now, I think what we need to start off with is a little bit of a, a, the history lesson here because you've obviously experienced a lot of change over the years, having been very much involved in professional learning and, and the world of research and inquiry from an education perspective. And we were talking before we started uh, started rolling about the difference in terminology and how that in itself tells a story. So how in the past we might have had sort of conceptions of um, classroom-based research as as practitioner research or action research and now we've got practitioner inquiry and that word inquiry is really sort of prolific isn't it in in the world of education in Wales so tell us about that transition in in terminology what story does that tell? Yeah I think well if you look at the literature and and look at aspects of action research or again practitioner inquiry practitioner research they're all nuances of similar approaches sort of systematic approaches to understand sort of classroom practice but slight nuances perhaps thinking about action research being about change that practice but often under the umbrella term of inquiry and it's definitely been a move away from thinking about the word research because of the things that sort of conjures up the ideas of classic research being you know hours and hours in the library sort of thinking about sort of quantitative analysis you know thinking about some of the challenges in in relation to you know what research you know signifies in terms of people's experiences so moving towards sort of the notion of inquiry sort of again puts this back in sort of a classroom-based scenario. This is about our practice, as opposed to perhaps outside researchers, you know, researching into something for us, and then us actually sort of adapting that research for our classroom. Actually, you know, as a profession, engaging inquiry, we become the knowledge generators. We become those people who are sort of, you know, building our understanding of our classroom, you know, looking at problems and then finding solutions for ourselves. And so... We've got a real distinction arising here as well, um, which I know we've spoken about on the podcast before, but it's probably worth revisiting between 
research and inquiry and in fact we've got a national strategy for educational research and inquiry so let's just unpick inquiry a bit more and how it contrasts I think you you sort of hinted there a little bit about um, teachers in the classroom being sort of consumers and producers of, of research but why might a classroom practitioner gravitate towards inquiry as opposed to sort of big R research? Yeah, well, I think it's this is about, you know, teachers being the deep experts in their pupils' learning and their pupils, and therefore this is thinking about issues within practice within their own classroom. So who is best placed to sort of research into that? It's, it's the teachers themselves. So they're the ones that have the deep insider knowledge of the school, the context, the learning needs, and therefore sort of finding solutions to problems of practice within the classroom becomes really important. And so this is about sort of building on the skills that the teacher has of observation, the relationships that they've already built, having access to those learners, and then thinking about, you know, what are the barriers that my learners are facing in terms of teaching and learning, and actually how can we overcome them? You're know, thinking about that systemic approach that's been perhaps imposed upon the learners, thinking about sort of, you know, wider curriculum, policy, things which are done to the learners. How how can actually, you know, we research our practice to think about how we can remove some of those barriers by truly understanding the experience of our learner so thinking about sort of pupil voice but then also thinking about teacher voice you know what is it the teacher then can then do now they understand the perspectives of their learners what can they put in place you know what what can they change what can they remove that will help those learners you know again make it a more inclusive environment remove any barriers that might be in place you know whether consciously or unconsciously interesting to think about the place of universities in this i mean the three of us sitting here are all ex-teachers we've all moved into the university setting there's a kind of slightly fraught thing sometimes isn't there between schools and universities although we work in partnership here in wales and, and you know it's pretty good that partnership there's always the danger of being seen as irrelevant perhaps or you know putting useless stuff out there that generalizable knowledge Plus, you've got these these kind of really handy books now for teachers, which which crunch together all sorts of things in a really accessible way. Are we actually useful to the schools in in doing this? What's our role as universities? Yeah, I think I think we're always useful. I mean, thinking about the distinction between research and inquiry. I mean, there's a whole sort of gamete and plethora of approaches to this. And you know, big R research, as you, you were just mentioning, is is important in terms of understanding the context, also understanding education and educational research, and thinking about teaching and learning. But it's from a different perspective. It's not for insider research. It's not understanding the context issues and therefore as you mentioned so not always generalizable but I think it paints a wider picture that could be useful or, or rings bells for those people who are engaging in reading that research it might be useful to inform their approach and I think I suppose our role is about uh, guiding and supporting schools and wider organizations to engage in critical uh, approaches to inquiry and research you know using our expertise to help support collaborate and co-construct our approaches to, re to research and inquiry with schools in a critical way so that we can you know so that the profession can take a critical approach to the inquiry or research they are undertaking and therefore perhaps not direct some of that research to things that might be you know, related to what already works or proving something that's already present within the system in terms of teaching and learning that you know has always been done which actually maintains the status quo around practices that actually might not be inclusive. So let, let's come back to the 
practitioner inquirer in the classroom and it's really interesting the way you described them earlier on the way that practitioner inquiry works is very much aligned to I would imagine a lot of sort of concerns that teachers have such as how are my pupils responding to my pedagogical approaches what are their needs and so it seems to me that it really ought to sort of start with what's going on in the classroom with the learners in front of them so it sounds like to be an inquirer a teacher already has a lot of the sort of dispositions and skills that they might need but what do they need in addition to that that will help them to be a really effective practitioner inquirer so what's missing that maybe universities or programs that are being offered um, nationally might support a, a, a practitioner inquirer to be able to do um, I think this is about starting from the needs of the learner. So you, you mentioned sort of like uh, sort of imposing a change with the learner and then the learner sort of evaluating. I almost feel it needs to be tipped on its head and actually we should co- co-construct that with the learner, understand the learner's experience first. And it's from that learner experience and learner voice that then we think about, well, understanding what is going on in terms of that teaching and learning approach. Um, so I think it really generally starts with the learner and the learner voice, not even our perception of what we think the learner needs we have to have those conversations with the learner first and foremost and it's only through really understanding the learner's perspective can we then think about again working with the learner to think about any barriers to you know engagement with that teaching and learning they might have and couldn't that potentially run counter or contrary to school improvement plans things that are coming sort of diktats that are coming um you know well-meaning from the school improvement plan the development plan you know that could come sort of top down that could sort of get in the way of a practitioner from investigating the things that really matter to the kids in front of them yeah i think it's a challenge it's an international problem of sort of performativity that the systems of in terms of education and schooling are, are placed under in terms of pressure so that marketization of schools you know schools are competing for resources Resources they're competing, you know, in terms of marketing, um, in terms of their reputation, and therefore thinking about things like Eston inspections or in, in the inspectorate at Ofsted, for example. There are some challenges there about ensuring that they are responsive to the needs of their learners, and often that is through a school improvement approach, which makes sense from a from a senior leadership perspective. But if we're really thinking about sort of avoiding aspects, as we mentioned, sort of avoiding aspects of not taking a pupil-centred approach. This really needs to start from the classroom up um, rather than it being opposed from sort of top down um, because actually we'll miss the, you know, the, the, the needs of individuals within that trying to take a sort of a broad brush approach to you know, what works and that, that can be problematic. Just thinking about uh, the cell here for, for teachers. I mean, you mentioned the kind of danger of just trying to repackage what works. Um, and you've talked about Estin priorities and the need to be seen for, to you know, generate school improvement all the time. We've spoken quite a lot on the podcast about the pressures on teachers. We know it's quite a tough job as it stands. You can add to that curriculum reform. You can add to that the kind of aftermath, if that's the word of COVID. I, I would imagine there'd be a couple of teachers out there who'd say, well, actually, I'll have what works, thanks, <laughs> um, and not a messy process that potentially might uh, generate something that doesn't work or might run into a blind alley and not get anywhere. I could imagine a senior leader saying, well, actually, I don't fancy all my teachers zooming off in different directions, trying stuff that might not work or or might, you know, massively criticise what I'm doing. I'll have something that's guaranteeing improvement, please. And I can sort of sympathise with that 
that viewpoint, I suppose, on one level. So how how do you get past that? What's the sell there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can see how that would be alluring. Those those quick fixes that are sort of like imposed and popped into a school to make quick changes. But actually, this is a messy process. Inquiry is always messy. And actually, you know, is it really worth asking questions that are, have quick answers? In terms of thinking about that process, it, it starts with the teachers and their own sort of professional learning and the needs of the learner. I think we have to start from you know the classroom up developing skills within the profession in order to be critical inquiries and I think it's that that critical approach you know being aware of you know approaches that are just in prose I mean actually some of those approaches might be really useful and, and totally you know relevant to teaching and learning for some learners but therefore it's about the teachers then translating other approaches or thinking about working with their learners to think about more individualized approaches as well which means that the profession needs to be supported to inquire and inquire critically so thinking about uh, understanding the learning in the, in the classroom through notions of observation and feedback and you know people voice and then also you know being inspired prompted by uh, engaging with other people's research of course you know approaches uh, approaches don't just appear you know lots of things have already been done in terms of practice before so actually being inspired and prompted by you know wider research done by others as well uh, can inform the thinking about sort of things that are put in place but then actually work Working with those learners as, as, as co-inquirers, you know, the, the learners themselves should be involved in this process to understand, well, actually, you know, I think that would work for me or it, this won't work for me and these are the reasons why to truly understand those problems of practice. So I suppose there are some challenges here about perhaps doing both. So taking that sort of, you know, whole school approach, which has to be present in terms of directing school, but also giving the profession and teachers the time and space to inquire into, you know, issues of teaching and learning within their own classroom for their own learners, um, you know, and time to work with them. But I think that's the challenge. It's the time, isn't it, in a very pressurized system. And without time, um, it, it, it can become a bolt-on. Mm. And it's interesting you talk about time and space, but also um, the need to sort of not do this alone, to maybe sort of test out what you're finding out with some trusted colleagues or people who are outside of, of your uh, of your workplace. I want to dig into that a little bit more. You, you, you've described, we, we attended a really great professional learning session ourselves with you very recently at Cardiff Met about inquiry and you gave us some terms that have been associated with inquiry that we were sort of to debate and discuss um, and some of them you mentioned before before we started rolling which were sort of in, the the notion of it being emancipatory transformative but also disruptive and thinking about that term disruptive I just wondered kind of in practical terms what questions or approaches tools do practitioner inquirers use that cause disruption how do they deal with that disruption and then how do they find a way forward because we're all pretty pragmatic as teachers as well like what do we do now so you know how do we disrupt our thinking what do we do off the back of that in order to make a difference yeah that i think i suppose that disruption is thinking about posing questions you know asking the reasons why we're doing things for who uh, for what purpose so going back to uh, Fullen's moral purpose re revisiting why are we doing this and for who uh, but I suppose questioning the approaches that we're taking um, you know often we're sort of 
socialized into approaches of teaching and learning perhaps whether that's a school or that might be a national approach and we've done things because they've always been done but actually stopping and questioning is this appropriate for my learners in front of me or for this individual learner is it perhaps not appropriate for this other learner and, and posing those questions just to think about well is there a way I could develop this could I enhance this to you know again be more inclusive think about sort of teaching and learning for all and removing any barriers so I think it's about revisiting that moral purpose and posing questions for ourselves about why we're doing things and how and why uh, and for what purpose with the learner. Thinking about a senior leader in a school now, I mean, if I was going to say if I was a senior leader, but perish that thought, no one's going to put me in charge of anything. But let, let's say there was a senior leader um, in a school. I'm kind of I'm kind of taken by your your use of the word emancipatory there. I, I always kind of think back to an article by our emeritus colleague, Dr. Judith Neen, um, that Emma and I both worked on as well, in which she discuss kind of notions of agency and pointed out that at the school level it can actually be quite hard to really make that happen in practice she was picking up on some really interesting choices of language by the teachers she was interviewing they were referring to being released from school to go and do these activities and that kind of thing as if they were kind of in prison and had to be released to go and do it and that's not the sort of language of someone that has agency now it might well be that a senior leader has got very idealistic thoughts about this he's totally up for this as an idea but actually creating the conditions for agency is not as simple as just saying here you go everyone you've got agency so for someone in charge who wants to make this happen but is worried that the structures are just too rigid what what should they do how should they approach it uh, what sort of things should they be saying to their their colleagues in school and what should they be giving them Okay. I think there's something here about sort of the collaborative approaches. I think the notion of, you mentioned the word release, I think it's just because as in teaching we're working in silos, I think it's really easy to sort of, you know, work within your classroom, obviously working with the learners, but it's then difficult to have that sort of professional collaboration. So I think part of this is sort of developing that sort of professional learning communities, communities of practice, in which actually teachers are working together collaboratively um, on, you know, challenges around teaching and learning um, and again thinking about sort of inclusive approaches so I think part of that is again building upon collaborative enterprises so inquiry is a natural collaborative enterprise and they mentioned emancipatory support agency individual agency but also the agency of the profession um, in terms of it being sort of a, a self-developing system I think the teaching profession has been argued to be a directed profession. So again, some of the challenges of, of accountability and the pressures within the system, you know, we're, we're measuring our success of, of being a teacher on the outcomes of our learners based on you know uh, national standardised tests. And therefore, it can be easy to see our success as only being about outcomes on very narrow scales of uh, progress within teaching and learning. And therefore, the argument by Bottery and Wright about teaching being a directed profession is that we're sort of directing everything is directed towards those outcomes and therefore we only do things in terms of what works to sort of improve those outcomes and therefore that can narrow the conceptualization of you know how we're supporting our learners our approaches to teaching and learning and therefore it's about sort of breaking disrupting the status quo so actually we open those perspectives out a bit further um, so this isn't just about our outcomes this is about the wider teaching and learning of our you know, of our pupils again going back to that moral purpose just a sort of diversion now from this slightly. I'm just thinking about teachers out there who might be convinced that 
inquiry is going to really help them and their learners but they might have a fear maybe through sort of misinterpretation misunderstanding that it means that they need to be working at master's level and they might not want to pursue a master's they might not feel that that is you know the path for them for whatever reason can you be a practitioner inquirer and not have a master's or not be working at master's level yeah absolutely i think you know there, there are two very different approaches we're, we're thinking about here the systematic approach to considering our practice within a classroom i mean that's inquiry all of the things that we're doing as teachers you know we're thinking about observation we're thinking about our learners we're thinking about the relationships we're having conversations with colleagues about practice those professional dialogue opportunities you know we're talking to the learners about their learning we're teaching all of these are inquiry skills it's just it's the systematic element of sort of collecting some of and generating forms of data that help to inform us again with those learners with other colleagues and then sitting back and reflecting about the impact of this on our practice and therefore on our learners learning and having been quite sort of spiky i suppose about inquiry and overworked teachers and you know worried senior leaders and all of that kind of thing let's flip it on its head a little bit can you give any examples they're probably gonna i don't know maybe they'll be anonymous examples maybe they won't i don't know but of, of where inquiry really has done something positive and, and transformative yeah absolutely so well i can give a few examples of in and talk generally about sort of the approach that the Masters in Educational Practice took. Uh, again, a professional learning program, um, which was had inquiry at the centre of its approach. Uh, so working with you know schools nationally to engage in you know, small scale inquiry projects around their practice, thinking about the dissertation stage. I mean, it was really interesting to see the transformation within the, the students themselves in terms of their identity, you know, really taking on board approaches that sort of made them question you know why they'd always done things a certain way and you know prompting alternative perspectives you know developing that sort of close relationship with the learners in terms of thinking about them as co-researchers having those conversations to really truly understand the impact of choices that have been made perhaps not by them as teachers but on the wider curriculum and then you know embedding alternative approaches and then again working with the learners to understand the impact of that sort of refine and change going through those cycles of inquiry I mean for me personally engaging with uh, teaching on the masters in educational practice was transformational you know I'd arrived on the MEP steeped in sort of this science background this positivist approach to sort of research you know the idea that actually there was one truth and actually I, I needed some statistics to sort of back that up and actually through the process of engaging with that process program and teaching on it my own sort of professional identity completely shifted uh, completely alternative perspectives to thinking about sort of inquiry um, and notion of sort of development myself the idea of working more qualitatively really understanding learning through deep conversations you know through working with learners but also thinking about the importance of those opinions of small groups before it would have been sort of national cohort studies where you know i'd done some statistical analysis but actually you know the only way you can truly understand the impact is to talk to the people that it's impacting uh, and therefore you know, it was a complete revelation for me and I, you could see that within the students that are engaging with the master's education practice it took them a time to sort of move away we talked about sort of those the challenges of the big r the word research and the conceptions that that brings about what research is you know the idea that we've got to have some form of you know statistical analysis often and uh, the idea that we've got to have 
forms of test groups where we're testing on our subjects, testing on our learners, you know, one control group and, you know, we're making an intervention with them and we'll compare. I think, you know, the big R research sort of brings some of those ideas across from perhaps our schooling at, you know, at, at the levels uh, and therefore it sort of colours our view of what research and inquiry is and actually it took a, a period of time to work with the teachers to sort of shift their understanding of actually this isn't just what research is I mean that, that's an aspect of it of course uh, but actually thinking about inquiry there's a whole host of other skills and approaches that we need to consider in terms of truly understanding you know, the lived experience for our learners. Okay so you're a teacher out there who really wants to find out more about teacher or practitioner inquiry what do you sort of go to texts uh, authors researchers people who are going to kind of give you a purchase on this yeah absolutely caroline daly utmost of respect for caroline any sort of work by caroline daly specifically thinking about sort of her teacher research the questions that are worth sort of asking if you go to the sort of ewc website and sort of pop that in caroline will pop up i mean she poses some of the things that we've sort of been talking about in terms of thinking about you know how professional learning and teacher inquiry can sort of develop and comfortable truths within uh, the profession but actually those important questions are vital to ask in relation to sort of removing that status quo and actually thinking about you know is this really enhancing and supporting all learners you know are we being inclusive for all of our learners and not just you know one or two Mm-hmm. And I think there was a, another text that you said was a go-to. Yeah, anything Jean McNiff. So thinking about sort of Jean McNiff's approach of action research for professional development, or um, a chemist and car as well. If you're going right back, I mean, to start start to think about uh, to start to think about how this looked and the journey of inquiry. You might go back to thinking about sort of Dewey and then sort of Stenhouse in 1975. Again, it's interesting to see that journey of how that sort of like developed up until now. Again, moving sort of pr- approaches which are related to teacher inquiry all the goodies okay so we've got two short slots james um as you know and um first of all i think you've got something for our our teachers out there to try yeah i think uh, thinking about what we've just been talking about in terms of breaking those barriers it's often like a challenge i think to talk to our learners and talk to our learners about our teaching it seems uncomfortable and not something we would do yeah. so i suppose i would say to uh, your listeners you know, have those conversations with the with your learners you know engage them ask them about their 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 thoughts uh, about how you sort of engage with teaching and learning and get their feedback not not feedback as in you know five out of ten we're thinking about you know what could be developed how could perhaps you work with those learners to develop the the teaching and learning for the next time um so having those conversations and not being afraid to have those conversations becomes really important involve the learners with with your planning process and your evaluation thinking about next steps Thank you very much. And have you got something interesting you've been reading, listening to or watching lately? Yes, it's difficult to shake off sort of my, my science background. Um, and actually, uh, even though really I'm, I'm a biochemist, I'm fascinated with uh, physics and particularly astrophysics. And so I've been reading, this is going to sound really boring now. I've been reading uh, Professor Brian Cox's The Universe, again, constantly sort of drawn back to my, my roots of science. And in another life, I think I might have been an astrophysicist. <laughs> I think it's always satisfying to hear um, um, people sort of loving to indulge in subject no matter no matter where you know whatever direction your professional life is taking you in like my sort of 
homing pigeon in me comes back <laughs> to drama and theatre, you know? So it's, it's good to hear that you're the same. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Dr. James Snook, for joining us in our lovely podcast studio. We're really grateful for that. Thanks for all the things that you've brought. Thanks to the ambient seagulls. Thanks to the ambient students. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> lovely. And we'll be back in your ears in two weeks' time. You've been listening to Emma and Tom Talk Teaching, a podcast about all things education presented by Emma Thayer and Tom Breeze. The special guest this episode was Dr James Snook from here at Cardiff Met and thanks to James for taking part. Podcast artwork is by Beth Blanford and the music is by Cameron Stewart. We're on Twitter at TalkTeachingPod if you'd like to come and say hello. We'll be back in a fortnight with something else interesting. Until then, take care and enjoy teaching.